Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, the Nook gets maps. Nokia gets Groupon. GM detects pedestrians. Plus, funding news, our resource of the week. And from Untethered Talks, Damien Patton, who is the CEO of Banjo, speaks his mind. Coming up right now. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We're at episode number 89. It is August 5th, 2012. I think it's day nine of the Summer Olympic Games in London. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv. With me as always, not from Toronto, not from anywhere in Canada. Surprise, surprise, from a hotel room in Chicago, Mr. Asif Khan. Buddy. Yes, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. And uh, yeah, uh, another great show. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, some some pretty cool stuff to talk about. Um, yeah. Uh, what are you doing in Chicago? Busy, busy times. What are you doing in Chicago? I am here for the Retail Customer Experience Summit. So a uh, a gathering of uh, all all the uh, all the players in the retail world, uh, in primarily the U.S. retail community. So you know Macy's and Walgreens and Sears and all these guys are going to be here. So, yeah. Going to be uh, going to be hobnobbing with that crew and talking to them about what they're doing in mobile and location and yeah, just kind of uh, taking it all in. Well, it is uh, obviously uh, we, you know the the focus has been uh, so squarely on uh, on the Olympics this past week. Everybody has a social channel. Everybody's using mobile. All this kerfuffle around uh, uh, results coming out ahead of time, ahead of tape delay. It's very difficult to see it, but but man, I watched uh, Usain Bolt run this afternoon or this evening, and uh, you know it was. Um, just a sight to to see, but it always takes me back. Whenever I see the men's 100 in a Summer Olympic Games, I'm a Canadian. What does it take you back to? <laughs> not not Donovan Bailey winning gold. No, 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 no. Oh. Ben, Johnson. ben Johnson. Oh yeah, the the uh, absolutely the greatest moment in my life. It was a Saturday night. I will never forget where I was during that time. Nine seven nine Olympics beat Carl Lewis. World goes crazy. Monday morning, I'm in the halls of my high school, and what happens? Oh, steroids killed him. Oh, anyway, that's the Olympics. Yeah, it was pretty brutal, but anyhow. So listen, before before we begin this, uh, I, I've got to remind, I always remind people at the very end of the show, and it's like, you know what, the, the nine people that are still there, including our parents, uh, they benefit from it, but they're probably already doing it. But for those of you who don't, listen, there's a few things that I'd love you to do. One of them is... Get on iTunes, go to uh, do a search for This Week in Location-Based Marketing and subscribe. It is the best way that you to get this uh, podcast, video and audio versions, ahead of time. But make sure that you always have it so that on Monday morning, your commute, you've got this podcast. So go do that right this moment. The second thing, go there and rate it. Well, I would love it. We would love it. Asif and I would love it if you could rate this podcast. Go there right now. Give it a five star. If you're not going to give it a five star, if you're going to give it anything less, reach out to us and let us know what we can do before you rate it. Let us know what we can do in order to be able to make sure that this is a five star podcast for you, except for replacing the host, right? The host. I think that that's the only thing that we're not willing to do. So if that's the problem, well, there are we don't get paid enough for no. that. So there are a billion other podcasts you can you can you can go and uh, and take a look at. The other thing that I'd like to mention is uh, what I'm going to pull up on screen right now here, which is something called uh, Mobilize from GigOM. 
If you're in the mobile space, uh, this is a really great podcast or a podcast. This is a really great event, uh, September 20th and 21st in San Francisco. GigaOM is a great resource for people to go, uh, I mean, to talk about everything technology, but this is really a thought provoking um, mobile focused conference. And you know what's interesting about this is that I saw. Um, Long before uh, um, Instagram was Instagram, uh, uh, Kevin Systrom was on the stage and, uh, and we got some insight into what he was doing with, with Instagram and, and the backstory about Instagram. This is long before, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Facebook bought them for a billion plus, but it's a really great conference. It's worthwhile if you're around or in the area. I plan on being there. You guys should be there. If you use Untether TV as a coupon code, you will get a 15% discount of uh, for this great, 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 great con, uh, conference. So, uh, and if you just go to mobilizeconf, it's terrible, mobilizeconf.com, you'll get a little bit more information. So, so go there. I'm done pitching, but I, I strongly suggest that people go there. Get to iTunes, give us a five star, go to Mobilize uh, by GigaOM. Asif, what about you? Buddy, anything? No, um, you know, if you're in Chicago, come out to the uh, to the conference. It's at the uh, the Saks Hotel, um, so right right down in the core. Um, you know, and uh, other than that, uh, a few other events I'll I'll be promoting in next week's show. But uh, for now, that's 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 all I got for you. All right. So. Well, then uh, promotion done. Uh, for those of you who are watching on the video, I have a uh, what looks like a Big Ben behind me. That is actually not Big Ben. That is the Canadian Parliament buildings in Ottawa, where I am. That is, in fact. Uh, a replica of it because we were all under the Commonwealth. It, it looks like Big Ben, but it's uh, it's small, smaller, but it's still our seat of Parliament. You know what the greatest thing about this poster? I don't know if you can see it, Asif. Uh, it is an IKEA poster that I purchased, and I was uh, doing a uh, an MC gig for a book launch uh, at the National Art Gallery. This is the bastion of art in Canada, and you know what was there hanging in the ready room? This is like this is where we're talking about like serious artworks, right? Like, this is the national, this is Canada's art gallery. You know what was hanging on the wall? That very poster right there. That very poster nice. with a little bought in Ikea in the ready room. Yeah, made me laugh. All right, so this was a busy week uh, in location. It just seems like it always came. It comes around to uh, to uh, loyalty cards and uh, and c c folks like level up getting some money and uh, mapping and uh, and you know it was really really a clearly a, a, an interesting week. We've got our five top stories. We got a great interview, uh, not an interview, actually a clip of uh, Damien Patton from Untethered Talks that is uh, from his keynote presentation, never before been seen or heard of. Yeah, in any podcast, so it's a great thing. It's a good riff. And we've also got our three funding stories and our resource of the week. It's going to be a good show, so why don't we jump right into this show. First story, shall we? Let's do it. I don't it. know why. We're only seven minutes into the podcast. We might as well start. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us. All right, so the first thing, let's talk about this, is that uh, have, you ever, have you ever thought, like, God, I wish I had a nook? Well, no, I've never thought that before, ever, ever. Not one time. I can honestly say I've never thought. Well, first of all, we don't have Barnes and Noble. Yeah, Rock. I know, but I've never thought. Boy, I wish I had a nook. I mean, how many out there have a nook? Be honest with yourself. Do you do you really yeah. use your nook anyway? So Barnes and Noble, obviously, the makers of Nook, now have maps and navigation. Is this a big deal? I think it's a it's a it's it's a it's a good move for them. I'm not sure that uh, it, it's that revolutionary. Um, you know, I think if you have a tablet device, whether it's the Nook or the Kindle or the iPad or whatever, you, it better have maps and location-based services built in. So 
they're filling a gap. Um, what they've gone and done here is is uh, built on top of OpenStreetMap um, with something called Scobler's Forever Map Two. Um, so this is this is an op open map, uh, OpenStreetMap based system, um, and they didn't have any mapping or navigation before. Now they've got it. Um, and they also now have the ability for anybody, third-party developers now who want to build apps that leverage location-based services on the Nook platform, however many people have that, um, you know, can now do so, um, you know, by layering on top of this, uh, on top of this system. Um, you know, you and I were talking before, the Kindle, you know, Amazon's there with the Kindle Fire. Um, you know, they don't. They also don't have much in the way of mapping capability in the device today. And yet, you know, recently uh, they acquired uh, a company, uh, NextUp, that uh, will give them that capability. Up, up so next. I think everybody's trying to make sure that they're there in one way or another. Yep. Apple, obviously, we've talked about is building their own mapping system. Drop Google. Google obviously has their maps. So you know, everyone's making their plan. Yeah, you know, my uh, it, it's up next. Danny Moon's company up next that uh, that Amazon bought. And you know what? Sorry, that's what I meant. You know, you know what's the one thing that that is uh, is a challenge for me here is that uh, Nook is going to wake up in two years. And Barnes and Noble is going to wake up in two years and realize that they're the only company that doesn't have a proprietary mapping software uh, tool, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, iOS started that way and then has moved to its own proprietary tools. Amazon started that way and is moving away from Google and, and uh, jumping on with Upnext. And and Google's got their own, obviously. So everybody's, seg uh, you know, fragmenting and segmenting. Nokia's got Navtech and uh, and Nokia Maps. So it, it's uh, Barnes & Noble is the only one now going with somebody else's data. And I think it's a it's a mistake. And And by the way, this isn't even them. I mean, this isn't Barnes and Noble integrating this. This is an app. I mean, not only that, it's a five dollar right. app that doesn't come with it. These Nook tablets are Wi-Fi enabled only. They're you know for five bucks you actually there's a free version, and for five bucks you can get you can download the maps for navigation. Um, big freaking deal. Barnes and Noble, Nook. Ah, oh, who cares? Who cares? And I, I speak from a Canadian standpoint, but you know what? Uh, th this this is like the, the biggest. Uh, uh, non-announcement, really. Well, you, maybe I can flip it around. Yes. Let me let me put a positive. Go. It. So the Scobler guys yes. who built this system, yeah. I, I I've met those guys in person, um, and uh, these these are sharp characters. Okay, you know, um, you know, out of, out of Europe, uh, these guys know what they're doing when it comes to mapping and and open data. Um, this is a world class mapping platform that they that they've built for here. sure. So. You know, in terms of capability, the system is solid. Um, you know, yes, they don't own it, uh, but they're they're a retailer. None of these other guys, well, they're bricks and mortar retailer. Let's put it that way. None of these other guys that we're talking about, about who owns are that. Um, you know, the Nook is a e-reader. It's not a tablet. Tablet. Yeah. It is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not. You know, there's no app ecosystem today like there is with the you know. With the iPad or the, uh, you know, or, or the Google tablets or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it's a different market, I would say, and yet they recognize that you know Barnes and Noble is recognizing that it's got to be more than just an e-reader. And so, how, you know, how do we how do we broaden that and, and what can happen? So, so does that mean do you think do you think that uh, um, do you think the Barnes? You know, and I, will, I will add one piece yeah. to this story um, because you know I think this this part's interesting for me, and it's got nothing to do with the mapping story. It's Barnes. It's a Barnes and Noble edition. So, in in our resource that we're going to talk about later on um, today, we're going to be talking about gaming. 
and, and you know, mobile gaming and location. And Barnes and Noble were the first guys to jump on board with um, Rovio with Angry Birds around their Magic Places concept. So this is the idea, and I just wrote a piece about this uh, uh, for Street Fight Magazine. So if you go to streetfightmag.com, you'll see a, an article I just wrote this week on mobile and location-based gaming and, and how that connects with retailers and brands. And these guys were the first guys um, that, that partnered with them. And so what happens is if you play Angry Birds, and you're stuck, and you can't you can't get by. You you want that mighty eagle uh, character that you know is the super all powerful bird to uh, to get through everything. Well, you can actually walk into a Barnes and Noble, connect to their Wi-Fi network, and get it for free. Um, and you can't get it unless you're actually in that location. And you can do it on your Nook uh, device. So it, it, it's you know, so they are trying some different things. Um, you know, not not to push them down too far, but <laughs> they, they they are trying some different things. But I agree with you, Rob. I, I think that you know the ownership uh, of this is uh, is something that has to be looked. So at. does so does Barnes and Noble? Yeah, you put a very positive spin on that, Asif. Good job, man. Yeah, yeah, because I came down pretty hard on them. So yeah, way to go, way to save them. But but uh, I, I, does Barnes and Noble then turn around and buy Scobler, uh, you know, in a year from now, six months, nine months, something it's like? Actually, yes. I mean, I, I I think the ownership issue is something that needs to be looked yeah. at, I, and I complete agreement with you on that. Um, you know, the Scobler guys, you know, licensed this, I think, to to a bunch of different groups, not just Barnes and Noble. So, I think there's a lot to be looked at there, but. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's the kind of thing where you know they're putting it out there. They're seeing you know whether developers are going to jump on it and start to use it and build. And and if it's if they see good traction, then yeah, I think that's a legitimate you know sort of decision. It's funny, eh? Simple story like this turns into a big discussion with huge ramifications. And and uh, that's why I love this show is that you never can take one side. There's some of these stories are polarizing, but uh, certainly around the the nook, especially up here in Canada. Uh, we are not exposed to it, uh, and uh, you know we have our own uh, chapters in Indigo, and uh, and they sold their tablet company to a uh, what is it a Japanese company? So uh, you know, yeah, Kobo. Kobo, it's no longer owned in Canada. So Barnes and Noble getting uh, maps finally, and uh, the company is Scobler. And if you just go to, I mean, if you if you have a Nook and you're using this, reach out untether at gmail.com or asif at the LBMA. We should just do one unified email address, like. Instead of giving two, I think. Right, we'll we'll yeah. improve this. There you you think we're new at this, 89 episodes in. All right, our second story. Um, listen, I, I like... No, I don't. No, I can't even say it. I don't like Groupon. I think it's a tough business model. Being in the coupon industry, we're going to wake up in a few years <laughs> and realize that, hey, all it was was just digital coupons. Um, but uh, poor Nokia is struggling mightily to figure out. This is, this is Nokia. They own Navtech. This is the uh, largest mapping company on the planet earth right it is it is and uh so they're partnering with groupon for their uh, real-time deals explain this let's what are they doing poor poor nokia is this a good deal uh, yeah I, I think this is a is, is a reach for nokia i think it's a good uh actually I, as much as i i hate groupon i think this is a good move for groupon. absolutely absolutely um, you know, uh, I think Groupon, you know, you and I have talked a lot on this show about sort of the, the lack of a sustainable model there, you know, in Groupon's business model, uh, you know, sort of the deals um, business sort of evaporating um, and a lot of retailers I work with, you know, a lot of retailers that I'm going to be dealing with in the next two days, 
you know, are tired of discounts and deals and, and, and whatnot. For them, I like this. I think, you know, it's the kind of thing, they, they need to be doing more of these sort of OEM in uh, the Groupon platform inside of, of you know, uh, hardware manufacturer, uh, you know, uh, systems. So whether it's Nokia or they're going to Apple or they're going to, you know, whoever, uh, th this is the kind of stuff that Groupon should be doing. What they've got, what Groupon's got is a very nice uh, app delivery system for, you know, pushing content and deals that they've built. Now what they can do is start licensing that to players like Nokia um, and, and, and do more of these. So this is with the, the uh, Nokia's Lumina smartphones. Um, I think it's all, all OS, is it? Mm. Or is it only Windows? It's only Windows. It's only yeah, Windows? Yeah, it looks like it's only Windows. Um, but this, yeah. but this is an interesting one because it's, um, like, you know, a little explanation about it is that it's going to give you the the uh, real time deals with a on on the map with a little G for Groupon, right? So, yeah, it's the Groupon Now piece, right? But isn't that isn't that just standard on all other mapping systems? It doesn't Groupon have an open API that allows you to do that? I mean, what's so special about the Lumia and? No, they I, they haven't been doing that at all. Haven't? I mean, well, they should as of right now. The only location-based stuff they have is their own Groupon Now piece. Yeah. So what they're saying is, okay, well, yeah, now we built an API. We're building it in and layering on top of Nokia. Didn't Foursquare, didn't Foursquare get into this though with them as well? Aren't they partnered? Like, isn't Groupon partnered with a whole bunch of location-aware applications that do this? And yeah, but it's not layered on the map. Okay, that's the difference. Here, <laughs> okay, right. What happens is with Foursquare is yes, Foursquare had a relationship with Groupon, so you'd be you'd launch Foursquare, it would find out where you are. And then it would surface deals based on their yep. own map, yep. and they're I, you know they're layering. Um, I think Foursquare is using Google Maps still yeah. in, inside of uh, of Foursquare, but the deal doesn't doesn't get displayed on the map in Foursquare, oh. even if it's coming from Groupon. Okay, it just gets pushed in as a special or a deal as a content piece right? around you in a list. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, this is this is an interesting. I mean, Nokia and Groupon. It's it's a uh, uh, discount stock and discount offer, right? It's you know something's going to happen here. Yeah. That I uh, this is uh, this is a, an interesting one. I think you know from a brand awareness standpoint, can you imagine uh, Groupon purchasing uh, Nokia. You know, is that in the realm of possibility at this point with the price? Not a chance. No way. Eh? Not a chance. All right. Well, Groupon partnering with Nokia for their for their real time deals. Um, it, it's just an interesting play because, as I said, Nokia is the largest the largest mapping company on the planet with Navtech. It was a huge, like an eight billion dollar acquisition a couple yep. of years ago, and and they're struggling with Groupon, uh, but they've got the location. So, Groupon, man, company that won't go away. I know I know I anger a lot of you out there who are listening or watching when I say those things, but uh, you know what? It's uh, it's just it's just so hard not to pick on a company like Groupon. All right, third story. Should we jump on? Um, yeah, let's how do about it. this? I, you know, I, I love when you get uh, bits and pieces of uh, technology that drive uh, tangible results into stores as a result of uh, on interaction with a location marketing tool, and uh, this is L'Oreal. Uh, a company called Time Razor and uh, Dwayne Reed in New York. Explain this, Asif. Put those put put those three things together for location-based marketing awesomeness. Yeah. So this this is actually a campaign that they uh, that L'Oreal ran uh, back in April. We're just kind of the results of which were just recently published. Um, and the results are significant. Um, this was only a one-day campaign that they were running and testing this on. Uh, they used a, a, a mobile uh, location-based app called Time Razor. It's it's Time 
R A Z O R. Um, if you want to look that one up, Time Razor. Um, and what they did was, is this was around L'Oreal's Vichy uh, beauty line. And the idea was, is that you're going to use geolocation services through Time Razor uh, to get uh, women to schedule one on one beauty consultations at Dwayne Reed uh, locations in New York City. Um, you know, so, so the kind of thing where, you know, normally you might walk into a Dwayne Reed and there might be somebody there, but, you know, you haven't, you know, sort of pre-booked your, uh, your beauty consultation uh, or whatever. Um, you know, they're encouraging people to come into the store using location-based services through the Time Razor app uh, to do this in this one-day campaign. And, and the results speak for themselves. So they saw, um, they said that uh, uh, there was a 70% uh, increase or, or sort of traffic driven to the store, uh, you know, as a, as a uh, click-through rate of people that saw the ad and responded and then went to the store and participated in the program. So, that, that, I mean, that's huge numbers. I mean, huge numbers, 70%. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. And uh, about 50,000 people got the geolocation um, uh, sort of alert uh, offering them the service. So just in New, just in New York. There too. That's just in New York, just around Dwayne Reed, like just in a, in a geofence around Dwayne Reed. Uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is the stuff that we need to bring more attention to for the successes like these guys are having right now, simply because these are, these are good stories to have. If, if, if there's so much confusion around where to start, where to start, where to start, what do I do, what do I do? It can be simple like this, and uh, the impact can be monstrous. So uh, I, I'm happy about that. Yeah, and we've got, you know, uh, just on that note, I agree, like, you know, sort of, it, it's this willingness to share the successes yeah. and publish the the data, you know, will will make this, you know, sort of more successful and more people willing to try and do things yeah. around this. Um, and, you know, we've got some good case studies up on the LBMA site. Um, we just did one um, that is being released this week, actually, um, uh, through a partner of ours. Uh, it won't be on the LBMA site just yet. Uh, we're doing it as a promotion for the um, uh, a retail summit that's coming up in in, uh, in Denver in, in, in September um, with M for Mobile, and uh, so we did one with McDonald's using uh, front flip technology, uh, which is a digital scratch card technology to drive uh, additional sales of uh, increased basket size uh, in store and, and drive loyalty there. So that one will be out, um, you know, and, and and so there's a number of these, you know, good good case studies and stories starting to uh, you know uh, come about around you know, location based. Well, I think it's it's very important that we start to spread these. So if you have one, we would love to feature it here uh, on uh, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. So, on tether at gmail.com or asif at the LBMA. Uh, maybe even if you're looking for partners to be able to uh, push that information out, a good way to distribute that is through the LBMA in their research section or through untether.tv as well. We'll get you on the show. So, if you've got some good stories, please let us know. All right, Asif, uh, our fourth story is a cool story. It's, uh, you know, it's a complete departure for, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's an idea that's out there, but I love these kind of thinking, especially when you, you look at, I always preach about the impact that mobile and location and pervasive computing is having on our existence. What about pedestrian safety? Like, how cool is this? It's pretty awesome. And, you know, and, and this is a story that, or technology system that, that they've developed that is based on the Wi-Fi Direct standard, and you know, Rob, I, you know, before doing all this, I, I come from from the Wi-Fi world, you do. so um, you know, the Wi-Fi Direct standard is something that we were all waiting for uh, approvals, um, you know, to make that make that possible. Um, 
but but this is this is really really cool. So this is a, a pedestrian detection system that, that leverages wireless uh, connectivity. So effectively, what's happening is is every every car from here on out, whether GM, BMW, Mercedes, you know Volkswagen um, or Toyota, all the vehicles that we're going to be driving in the future are all, are all going to be Wi-Fi enabled, and therefore constantly connected to the internet if if we want them to be. Um, similarly, our phones uh, and the smartphones that are out there today are also all Wi-Fi capable and independent. And Wi-Fi Direct is a, is a standard that um, basically enables peer-to-peer -peer communication between two Wi-Fi enabled devices. Let's uh, so I, I see if I got a video here. It's a replacement for Bluetooth. Let's play this. Let's play a video here. I, I, I've just got a quick one-minute demonstration, one-minute and twenty-one-second demonstration of this, and we're going to come back to it. Here it is. And it's by GM. Remember that. By GM. Here at General Motors Research and Development, we're testing a potential driver assistance feature that could help drivers avoid collisions with pedestrians and bicyclists. The feature would use Wi-Fi Direct, a peer-to-peer -peer wireless networking standard that allows smartphone users to easily share digital content. A car can use Wi-Fi Direct to detect pedestrians and bicyclists carrying smartphones that use the same wireless standard. Cars equipped with Wi-Fi Direct could someday help drivers avoid collisions in poor visibility conditions or on congestion. Using Wi-Fi Direct, a vehicle can directly communicate with pedestrians and bicyclists without going through a wireless access point. This results in a much faster detection time and enables the vehicle to identify the locations of nearby pedestrians and bicyclists in real time. Such a feature could be integrated with other object detection technologies such as radar and camera systems and use visual or auditory alerts to notify drivers of pedestrians on or near the roadway. Pedestrian ahead. GM is also looking to develop a complimentary app for Wi-Fi direct capable smartphones that can be downloaded by frequent road users such as bike messenger or construction worker that will help Wi-Fi direct equipped vehicles identify them. Wi-Fi direct has the potential to become an integral part of the advanced driver assistance systems we offer on many of our vehicles. Just in general, I think that boy, oh boy, when, you know, it, it just uh, it, the potential for this is 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 pretty astounding, and especially love it. Pedestrian alert, pedestrian alert. I can imagine that would get that would get on your nerves every once in a while if, if everybody was you know this because the, the range is like six hundred and fifty feet right on this thing. So it's yeah. it's uh, uh, this this is the kind of stuff that that I get all geeked out about because it's it's a really really great way of enabling uh, people. I mean, instead of getting the uh, Rick Mercer uh, BlackBerry helmet, uh, you can actually have you know this kind of uh, this kind of connectivity, so you don't you don't run into uh, oncoming traffic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a fantastic application of the of the Wi-Fi direct yeah. standard. I mean, yeah. there's there's no no question about it. And Ford does something similar uh, already uh, without Wi-Fi direct. They use the standard sort of 802.11 uh, Wi-Fi standard to to do their stuff. But it's the for it's the connecting, but it's um, proximity to to the next closest car. Um, right. So theirs is not a pedestrian uh, system. It's not looking for smartphones, but uh, the same kind of premise. But I mean, even if you're not talking about cars, I mean, think about this on, you know, in a business context, you're on the floor of a trade show working in a booth, and you're you've got your Wi-Fi uh, smartphone, you know, set up to detect other people's smartphones that are walking by that might be relevant to your business. Um, and, and pushing you a notification that way. 
um, you know, maybe connected to LinkedIn's database or something like that. So, I mean, th there's a lot of different ways that you can use this, yeah. and I think this is a fantastic application. I mean, so, way to go, GM. GM. Bastions of, uh, you know, these guys, the, the slow brooding technology, but the, the, the stuff that they come out with, like OnStar, all these things are, are, um, are technologies that are leading the pack. And, and this is pretty cool. Wireless pedestrian detection technology. Maybe come up with a better name, like, uh, you know, uh, I'd say I don't even have one. No hit and run. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, that was the fourth story. What do we talk about here? Well, let's talk about our fifth story and then close this off and get right into Damien's uh, little presentation, a clip of his uh, keynote presentation on Tether Talks. Here, this is a, uh, you know, at first blush, I thought, wow. Okay. So a, a company is what? Uh, a company called CamerSync is ac uh, activating or adding uh, location based uploads. Very cool, kind of neat. But then I read the read what it was about, and it's uh, it's pretty basic. It is pretty basic, I, you know. And I, it's the kind of thing that I was I was actually when I read it, I was like, you know, it's it's a cool little feature, yep. um, you know. But it, it's sort of something that I I, I kind of when I read, it, I'm like, well, in every little photo app, you know, you know what I mean, yep. like. It, it should sort of be a standard thing. I mean, it's good that they're doing it. I think it makes sense. So, uh, I'll explain what it is. Um, so, so this is is you know you, you take a bunch of photos and then you know you come home from your vacation and you got like 600 photos and you got to upload them to your uh, you know to your uh, machine so you can uh, you know edit them or you know create your uh, ho holiday slideshow or whatever it is you got to do. Um, but you got you got to offload these uh, these photos from your camera. So, so camera sync effectively is a location, they've added this location-based element that uh, you geofence your property or your home, let's say, and the minute your device, um, you know, comes inside of that, you know, after you've been away, uh, it automatically starts uploading the, uh, the, the photos to Dropbox or Flickr or wherever you want them to go. Uh, so you set up your profile effectively. And then, you know, based on a geofencing model, um, you know, once you arrive back inside the geofence, you know, you just you just plug in and, and away you go. Um, so, so it's kind of like, um, you know, just you know, doing it, you know, without you having to remember to do it. Yeah, and and uh, you're right. This this should be standard in every app um, because I know that, for example, all my podcast apps now, including the one that comes with uh, with the new one for iOS. Um, allows me to do that. So when I step in a, a predetermined Wi-Fi zone, which is my house typically or the office, yeah. uh, it automatically goes up to the cloud, checks to see if there's anything that needs to be downloaded, downloaded automatically. And the same thing with this. In fact, on Android with CameraSync, it doesn't even need to launch the app. It does it in the background so that everything just gets synced as immediately yeah. as soon as you get on the Wi-Fi network. I don't think it works. CameraSync's iOS only, I think. Yeah, it is iOS only, yeah. But I think that there was talk of somebody doing something. Yeah, all of a sudden now, um, it says here... I don't have to open the app on Android. So I think that there is an Android app. It monitors and automatically okay. uploads in the background. Isn't that the whole point of camera uploads? So I think that that's one of the things that they that they have is that it, it uh, there is an, uh, an Android version. Yeah, it, it's just fully automated. Yeah. You don't have to launch anything. Well, I, I like that. And it's a good story because it just shows you the simple things that, it, you know, the cloud and uh, location and geofencing enable. And, and uh, you're right. It's it's so simple, and it's often the simple things that are right in front of your nose that this, you overlook. This is for the guys who are always on me. It's, you know, when I start talking about location, they're like, you know, the, you know, immediately their mind goes to you know deals and privacy yeah. and all this other stuff. And I'm, 
you know, this is the kind of thing you can say. You say, do you take photos? Great. Do you have to like up offload those photos from your camera when you get home? Yeah, great. Okay, well, here's how you can use location. Well, that's uh, you know, I was having this conversation with my wife today. Is that we we went yeah. uh, we went camping. We've got all these great photos. And I said, you know, have you done anything with those? She's like, I gotta get them off my phone. How do I do that? I gotta send them up one by one. Here's a perfect way to do this. Just put them up, put them up in the cloud. Yeah. Mobile Me or Dropbox or whatever, uh, FTP box, Dropbox, Amazon, and uh, Flickr. Come on, come on. All right. Get it done. Those are the uh, right. those are the five stories, man. Uh, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of conversation around Barnes and Noble, Groupon, and Nokia. We got L'Oreal uh, working with Dwayne Reed. We've got GM and this. Uh, um, a smartphone app that detects pedestrians don't hit the pedestrian and then obviously camera sync working uh, to uh, geofence and enable uh, automatic uploads when you're in your home those are great stories if there is one that we've missed maybe two maybe three maybe four reach out let us know on tethergmail.com or asif at the lbma and as i gotta keep telling you that these stories are brought to you by asif you got to subscribe to our feed and iTunes in order to be able to get these right when they come out. So it's really important. The insight that Asif has is incredible. So please subscribe through iTunes. Those are the five stories. Yeah. And, and yeah, if, if there's any ideas, any stories out there, just send them in. Uh, you know, it, it's there is so much good stuff going yeah. on out there. It's way too much. Um, you know, it, it, it's a hard job for me every week to sit down, honestly, and pick five stories when there's like 50 things that I could be talking about, uh, you know, on this. Um, so, but, but we, but we want to know what's going on and, you know, we, we try to mix it up and we try to pick stuff from all over the world and, and, uh, you know, and, and show that, you know, location-based marketing and mobile and, and all these things are happening everywhere. Um, yep. there's a lot of good stuff going on. So reach out, please. Come on. And you know what? You can do it anonymously. We don't, we won't tell anybody. We won't, we won't. Who you were talking to somebody recently, Asif? Weren't you talking to David Payne? Yeah. So uh, shout out to David Payne. Uh, David is uh, founder of Scout Mob uh, down in Atlanta, and uh, you know these are you know great uh, a great little company. Uh, sent sent me a note uh, just I don't know two weeks ago now, and uh, said that he watches the podcast all the time, loves it, um, you know, and. Uh, you know, wants to wants to get in, involved, and uh, you know we're happy to do it. So you know, we we like we like hearing about uh, people who are watching the show, even, and uh, you know, send us a tweet, send us a message. Uh, you know, uh, the encouragement uh, is awesome. So thanks, David Payne. We love you. Scoutmob.com. See a little bit of free advertising. All right. So recently, a month ago, I did this thing called Untethered Talks. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Real life, in real life uh, conference. Uh, not sure what I was thinking about at the time. Maybe it was the drinking. Maybe it was the constant uh, drugs. I'm not sure, but I did. And uh, one of the guys that was speaking there, name is uh, Damien Patton. We've talked about him many times. Banjo is the company. You met him when you were in California. He flew all the way over here, bought me a beautiful steak, a big steak. Um, and uh, then stood up on stage and talked about the holy grail of relationships, and that is location. So this is a clip from that. Now, um, you know, I don't... Um, I, this is a 14 or 15-minute presentation that he did, uh, and I love this. Uh, you know, no PowerPoint, just got up there and riffed and, and talked about things. Um, you can find this entire presentation, the whole thing, everything, up on untether.tv. There's a little link up at the top that says Untether Talks Mobile Summit. It's going to cost you, if you weren't there, it's going to cost you a little bit of money. It helps to support the cause, which is untether.tv, and maybe do a couple of more of these events. It was a great event. Um, if you were there, this is free for you. You should have received an email in uh, your username and password in the email. 
But listen, go to untethered.tv. It's Untethered Talks Mobile Summit. It's a link near the top. But this is a clip from that very presentation of Damien riffing about the holy grail of relationships being location. Here is Damien Patton. Huge fan of this guy. Enjoy. And so I want to talk about different types of advertising and mobile and social because I think there's a, a, an opportunity for us to think about it differently than we did with, let's just say, traditional web advertising. So first of all, um, how, how many of you, again, were with media or advertising or non-startup stuff? So quite a few, right? Yeah. So how, what kind of other advertising can we do on mobile that's not going to overstimulate or what we call burn out the, the audience through, let, let's say, like Google ad blindness now? What do you think that there, what other things can we do? And so one of those things um, is that an advertising about connecting with the person on an emotional level, and that's what location helps you do. Location gives you that aha moment, that surprise that says, something is happening nearby right now that's important to me, or something is happening somewhere that's important to you. For example, it doesn't have to be, and when you think of location, it doesn't have to be that we're all sitting in this room together. It doesn't have to be that something is actually nearby and next to us here in Toronto. What about the Olympics this year in, in August, where um, many of us are not going to be? I think they said there's about a million people that'll fly in for the Olympics. But what about the millions around the world that want to take part and see what's going on in the Olympics? How can you be in that location at each one of those events in real time, kind of have a superpower, if you will, to be there and experience all the different kinds of photos that are being shared and all the different kinds of social media, but know that it's actually taking place there? And to me, this is the greatest opportunity for advertising uh, in, in location as well as social and mobile. It's not about an ad popping up, because once again, people are going to get burned out. And developers, those of you that are in the room, you know that if your users are leaving you because people are, you're just popping up ads, that you're going to take the ads out. It's also not going to be effective for, for the advertisers, for the brands that are in here, to continue to overstimulate users. They will no longer pay attention. And again, it'll be like Google ad blindness. So what are things we can, we can, we can do? So to me, we've got we to have a huge paradigm shift in the way that we do advertising on this smaller device, right? When do we do it? How do we connect with our, our customers, our users? And so I'm just going to give you one example uh, of a different type of advertising that we can, we can talk about. Um, so Rob mentioned that I used to work in the sport of, of NASCAR. And in fact, this weekend, um, day before yesterday, I was out in California at the NASCAR race. And if you look at brands and sponsorships, um, you'll know that auto racing is one of the most brand loyal sports in the world, whether it's NASCAR, whether it's Formula One, uh, whether it's IndyCar. And why is that? It's because the, the fan, the user, has an emotional connection with the driver, the car manufacturer, or the team itself, and, or maybe even a track. But wrapped in that is this brand, is the sponsor. And because of that emotional connection that that user has, they share it with their friends, they make those choices when they're out shopping, even when it's subliminal. And so in my opinion, you can do the same type of thing on mobile. You can connect with people on an emotional level, right, when something important is nearby, or for example, something is happening like the Olympics, you can wrap that in a brand in a way that has an emotional connection with the user. And so I th often think, I won't mention uh, to credit card companies, but Certain credit card companies are really big in the Olympics, really big in other sporting events. How can they bring you these moments through your mobile device without actually flashing you an advertisement saying, sign up for our new card for 5% interest rate? But again, the connection that you have as a user when you brought this moment that was special to you was brought to you by this advertiser in a way that doesn't feel spammy, 
It doesn't feel invasive. And again, it's kind of like having that same connection um, like auto racing has with their, with their users. And that was Damien Patton. This is his company, Banjo. Go to ban.jo. We love these guys. We appreciate I. I can't tell you how great it was to see him. Uh, I love the guy for coming down. So, Damien, if you're listening to this, you know, I've thanked you. I think I probably cried on your shoulder, too, sobbing as you were leaving. Thank you so much for being there. And the rest, as I said, is found on untether.tv. Just look for the Untether Talks Summit. All right, let we got a couple more segments to go. This one, funding M&A activity. These are all funding news. No M&A, not yet. Rim hasn't been bought. Nokia hasn't been bought. Here are three stories that Asif has pulled out, which are big funding news. I wish we had a drummel, like a ching or something like that. First one, this company called Five Stars. Uh, closes a huge round for a business model that I, I question, but at five stars closes $14 million. Talk about these guys because they are in the loyalty card business. Yeah, so uh, $13.9 million. Um, this is money coming from uh, Lightspeed Ventures uh, and DCM uh, and a little bit from uh, Y Combinator and, and a few others who've been, a few other uh, private individuals that have been involved. So. This is a um, California-based company. They're up in Mountain View. Uh, they are a loyalty card play, similar in some respects to Level Up, um, who we're going to talk about in a second. Anyways, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are in this space: Punch Card, uh, you know, Level Up, Groupon. I mean, uh, there, there's there's dozens of them. It seems. Um, you know, they're going out, they're trying, you know, this press release, I read this press release, that you know, along with the funding announcement, and they're basically trying to spin it that, you know, uh, it's so low tech that uh, that everybody can use it. Uh, it's got 100% possibility. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need an email address. You don't need anything. Um, you know, and uh, it's integrated to POS systems, um, you know, and all kinds of merchants can use it. They've got some good customers. Um, you know, they got Tutti Fruity and they got Subway and they've got you know a few uh, restaurant chains and a lot of uh, independent retailers on board. Um, the numbers are. They say they've got four hundred thousand customers in eleven states. Uh, customers have purchased three point five million items and are spending uh, are going to spend fifty million bucks on the system this year, uh, resulting in in over a hundred thousand a month in free rewards. So this is a reward platform. This is spend, get, um, you know, get rewarded. Um, the retailers that are using it uh, like it because they're saying that, um, you know, they uh, they don't have to discount. So so it's the anti-discount model, reward model. It's the level up model. It is the level uh, up model, and they, uh, you know, they've raised comparable cash when it comes to these two. And we'll talk about level yeah. up in a second. Yeah. This is. Uh, I mean. They've got a good, I mean, 400,000 customers is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, uh, for something like this, this is a good, uh, you know, pretty good traction. So I understand why they're getting funding, especially when, you know, the other guys are getting funding. So It's arming um, up is what it is. So that's all I'll say about this one. I, you know, it, a solid company. So here's what drives me crazy about being uh, Canadian, uh, being in Canada, okay? And it's, it's not a, it's, I mean, aside from the fact that we are like world champions in trampolining, um, Right, it's so great. It's like I can't, I can't believe it. I hope my kids, I hope my kids become trampoline artists. Um, 
Well, it's a busker festival here in Ottawa. I mean, you know, it's it's, it, uh, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to be able to to do that for a living. Um, I'd love to do it, quite frankly, but I just don't have the talent, as you can obviously see through this podcast. Seif is the talent. Um, but one of the things, one of the great things here is I pulled it up on the screen. You're not going to be able to see it really closely, but uh, I live in Ottawa, Ontario, and the closest deal to me is 748.3 miles away. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, but it's like, what Canadian company? Guys out there, Canadian companies, who is doing this here for the Canadians? That's my only rant. That's it. Five stars, $14 million. Good on them because their competitors down here in Boston on the east side, um, Level Up, Seth Prebatch's company, raised nine. Big money. Deutsche Telekom, what? Yeah, this is a really interesting deal. So this is um, nine million bucks. Uh, in, well, back in uh, in just June, they announced twelve million bucks. This is part uh, of that same round. From Highland and uh, Capital Google Ventures, uh, a few others were in that deal. So this is another nine million bucks coming from T Ventures, which is uh, is Deutsche Telekom. Like so, the T is is is, is from Deutsche Telekom. Um, you know, for me, you know, this is you know, more cash to compete, to grow the business, add more staff, hopefully coming to Canada um, <laughs> to satisfy Rob. Um, please, you know, please. all of that. But what what I'm really interested in in this money is this is nine million bucks coming from Dutch Telecom. And when you think about where all their other money came from before, um, it's almost like these guys are playing, you know, hedge bets on on who's going to win here. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, what you've got is, you know, Google, uh, you know, Google Ventures was the original uh, uh, funders behind Scavenger and, and subsequently Level Up. Now you've got Deutsche Telekom coming in and putting $9 million bucks in here. When Deutsche Telekom is one of the backers of the ISIS project, mm -hmm. or T-Mobile is one of the backers of the ISIS project in the U.S. So they're, they're funding that and they're funding a competitor to, its, to, to ISIS. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's everybody's, you know, no one's sure who's going to win this, this game. And so why don't we put a little bit of money in everything and, uh, we'll see, you know, who can execute it. It's a sound, it's a sound business strategy, right? It's like, uh, you know, there's something called the Mendoza line in baseball. It's, uh, it's this guy, um, I can't remember his first name, but Mendoza, if you can remember his first name, um, but he, he batted uh, under 200. He batted 198. This is also a, a famous New York uh, Mets baseball player. Yeah. Dave Kingman always batted and, and uh, always batted under 200, but hit 40 home runs. So they kept him. But it's a Mendoza line. And it's the same thing with investing, right? For every 10 investments that you make, two succeed, kind of like six die, and that leaves two as living dead that succeed but don't really give a return. So it makes sense that these guys are hedging across all these different bets. And it's the same guys, like, I, you know, famously, the investors of Instagram pulled their money and went to a different company and put their money in that different uh, company because they didn't have a lot of faith in it. So everybody's hedging here. And I think that that's exactly what the, you have to do. You have to hedge. But I yeah. love what you brought up there. It's so cool. I said you've got the guys who are behind or funding ISIS, and then you've got Google who is doing their own stuff, and th somehow it's like through two degrees of separation, they're funding the same companies that are ultimately going to compete against each other and and uh, and give one an advantage over the other. But it's it's all this incestuous like goop that's happening right now, and I I think it's yeah, pretty cool. Sure. Man, yeah, it's Mario. By the way, I looked it up. It's Mar Mar yeah Mario uh, Mendoza. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Mario Mendoza, you know, uh, the Mendoza line in baseball. 
And just so you know, um, my lack of talent not only is contained in podcasting, video podcasting, guitar playing, video and, and computer programming, but it also is in baseball. I love that sport, but it should be called the Woodbridge line because it's like 095. <laughs> like basically I bat under 100. Now, see, that was my sport. That's what I played all, oh. all growing up was baseball. So, Boy, uh, yeah. I wasn't allowed to play hockey. Oh, I played. I played baseball. I see. I played. I played. I was just never good. Yeah, well, there you go. That was uh, all right. So, Level Up raises nine million dollars, and in addition, this is part of that twenty-one million dollar fund. Good on them. I love Seth. Uh, I want him back to have a conversation uh, on uh, on this podcast. So, uh, if this is what it takes, uh, please, Seth, come on, talk about the nine million bucks. Talk about your strategy. Talk about uh, this whole Deutsche Telekom deal. Last story uh, in the funding. I got a video for this company called Plink. So let's see what they do and then we're gonna come back and talk about this deal. Here's why linking your car is safe and secure. Okay, so you love the idea that buying a burger and fries or a new pair of shoes can earn you a whole bunch of rewards. Now you're probably wondering why we need to link a credit or debit card. It's simple. We link your card to your Plink account only to match your offline purchases with our partner brands and award you the rewards you've earned. That's all. When you link a card, the first step is to select the bank that issues your card. Next, select the credit or debit card of your choice. Then, you enter your login credentials, usually your username and password. It's the same information you use every time you log into your bank account. Your login information is then encrypted and only used by an automated system to identify your transactions and give you rewards. Plink will never charge your card. In fact, Plink will never ask for your credit card number or ever have access to it. By linking your credit or debit card, you're establishing a read-only connection that allows us to see which of our partners you've dined or shopped with. This way, we can confirm your purchases and deliver the rewards you've earned. When you register with Plink, your login credentials are protected with bank-level encryption. So rest assured, linking your card to Plink is secure and safe. Link a card today and get started earning tons of rewards just for shopping and dining at your favorite stores and restaurants. Eat, drink, Plink. And eat, drink, Plink. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, all three of the funding stories are in the same category yes. here. So this this is a, yet another rewards play. Um, three million bucks. Uh, they've raised four in total. This company's only been around since January. Apparently, they got fifty thousand customers already. They've got some huge brands uh, on board uh, that are using this: Arby's, Dunkin' Donuts, Quiznos, Macy's. Uh, I mean, they Seven Eleven, Cinemas, Seven Eleven, Burger King. I mean, Taco like, Bell. Tons of guys on this uh, platform. Um, I actually like this one a little bit more in some respects than the uh, the five star one that we talked about. Um, just in the sense of, it's very clear for the consumer. You know, uh, you know, spend fifteen or, or you know, spend fifteen bucks to get one hundred and fifty points. You know, uh, you know, there's this clear thing of you know, spend this, I get that, um, and then you know, you sort of can, um, you know, you, you got a clear path to you know how how you redeem those points. So, um, yeah. n not that there's anything wrong with the five star one. I think the model there is is good too. I just think this one's uh, you know even simpler in some respects. It, it, I mean, it works. No it sale integration. Though. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. But it works like a typical, like like a typical uh, points, you know, um, yeah. card. So, uh, and, and I think that's fine. Um, 
These are all, it's a perfect storm. I think that with 35,000 uh, customers here or 35,000 locations here, 400,000 locations for five star and a whole bunch for level up. I'm not sure how many they actually have. I don't, I didn't, I didn't look it up. Um, th there's enough room for all of these guys because there's, you know, there's 28 million businesses in, uh, in United States and 9 million or something to that extent in, in the U in Canada. So, uh, there is a big opportunity, global opportunity for this kind of stuff. So uh, Plink raising $3 million. Plink.com. Mm. So yeah, levelup.com level and five stars is five stars.com. So yeah, the, oh, the, the level up, the level up.com. I wouldn't want to, uh, wouldn't want to send you somewhere else. Uh, yeah, so those are the funding stories all in the same space. Interesting enough. I love it. If uh, we missed yours, if you raised money, I don't care if you raised 10 bucks from your grandma. I don't care. Let's get it on the show here. Reach out on tethergmail.com or see if at the LBMA. We'll even have you on a guest. If you've raised 10 bucks from your grandmother to start your business, you got a guaranteed <laughs> spot. If you admit to that on air, we'll have you as a guest on tether at gmail.com. Mercifully, we are at the resource of the week. Asif, can you believe it? Sure. Can you believe it? We started, uh, we started, um, uh, you know, like it would almost seems like nine hours ago. It just, it just, it just flew by like this. We're, uh, we're almost done here, folks. Thanks for hanging in. The last piece here, this is an LBMA. This, this, you can find it on uh, the lbma.com slash research. It is, why don't you explain it? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a really cool infographic called Little Games Big Business. And it's all about mobile gaming and, and, and the growth of mobile gaming. And I sort of alluded to it earlier. Uh, you know, with the piece that I wrote for Street Fight Magazine, which which references this, um, uh, it was put together by a group called BusinessDegree.net, um, uh, and as I said, it's an infographic, and it looks at sort of you know the rapid growth of mobile games. It, it looks at Rovio, it looks at uh, a number of other players in the space, and uh, so some some interesting stats in here. Fifty two percent of gamers play for more than an hour a day. 53% uh, of smartphone owners play daily uh, uh, games. One, uh, um, in the U.S., there are 100 million mobile gamers. Almost a third of the population in the U.S. plays wow. mobile, mobile games. So this is games on your smartphone or on your tablet. We're not talking about you know, you know your PlayStation at home. We're talking about mobile gaming here. Um, and uh, you know, so, so some great data in here on on sort of revenue models around that, and in-app revenue purchases, and you know, guys actually trying to monetize some stuff in here. So if you're in that space at all, uh, this is a great infographic on uh, you know, sort of that can give you some some background on, on what's going on. Well, I um, you know, not many people know this. Well, maybe you do. I'm not sure. Um, I, I've opened up quite a bit today about my uh, futility, but I did run a company. Uh, I was a VP of operations for a company called Magmic Games. It's an Ottawa-based ca uh, game company. If you uh, right now are carrying a BlackBerry and you launch uh, the um, uh, poker game, that is a Magmic product. And it, that, we had a, a really early distribution deal with, with RIM to be able to do that. Um, but uh, I ran this company, Mobile Games. So it's, it's where I started in mobile. Uh, late 90s, we started this, uh, doing uh, mobile games for Blackberries before, the, before anything else existed out there. So uh, I, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me, but uh, I love the fact that you've got this uh, up on uh, the location-based uh, marketing website. So go check it out right away. Just go to uh, thelbma.com slash research, and it's the first research item at the top. All right, is there anything else to talk about? 
No. Um, you know what? I, I will make one quick mention here, um, just because you know we've been talking about this show about how much we appreciate feedback and comments and you know people coming up with uh, suggestions. As we were sitting here, my email ding, and I, I look up, and there's an actual message that right in tune with what we just talked about from a guy who's one of the founders of a company called Rain Crow Games. It's a location-based game studio uh, in Washington, D.C. area. And uh, he said, you know, read the piece and uh, wants to uh, find out more about how he can get involved and, and talk about their stuff. So what's, it, so what's the name of the company? In real time. What's the name of the company? we recording this right now. What, what's the name of the company? Rain Crow Games, R-A-I-N-C-R-O-W. As that loads. We appreciate that kind of stuff. You're going to get on the show if you send us an email like that. Right away. Here we go. Rain Crow Games. Ah, vampire movie, vampire uh, games. Very cool. There you go. That's a fall thing. That's, uh, that's a vampire game, yeah. it looks like. Sweet. All right. I love this stuff. So do I. So raincrowgames.com. Thank you guys for doing that. And thank you guys for watching this episode. I think it was a good one. We love your feedback. Just like Asif got some about uh, his article, please reach out on tethergmail.com or Asif at the LBMA. We do this because we love it. And we'd love you to help us. Give us some news items. We'd love to have them on the on the show. And if you want to be a guest, reach out. We will coordinate and get you on here as a guest. It uh, we, We'll take anybody. As I said, $10 from your grandma, you are on our funding meter. Um, so th that's it. That's it. I, I got to tell you that um, uh, this is this is one of my favorite times. I get to learn a lot from Asif as we go through this. Every week we get together, I get a little bit smarter, and it's thanks to that man over here, right there. So I thank you, yeah. Asif. And I and I can't do it without Rob. So that's right. Well, it's because I'm the I'm the guy who pushes the buttons because that's really what my uh, my <laughs> level of intelligence is. Yeah. Mm. Somebody's got to mm. pull it all together mm. and make it look good. Mm. Well, guys, thank you all for uh, sticking through this, uh, watching, listening, wherever you are. We really appreciate the fact that you do this each and every week. Uh, you bring us into your house, your home, your car, your office, wherever it is. We, we hope that you've found some true value in this. We got you started thinking down a path that perhaps you weren't thinking before. And we will see you next week for episode number 90. 90! My God! Of this week in location-based marketing. Asif, safe travels. Enjoy the conference. And we'll see you next week, maybe from Toronto. Uh, yes, I'm in Toronto. <sighs> All right. Go Canada at the Olympics. We'll see you next week for episode number 90. Everybody have a great week. Cheers. This is the week. <laughs> can I, how can I screw that up?